Recovery Church, whose mission is to teach individuals and institutions to recognize and apply the gospel of grace, building stronger families and communities. Today's podcast is sponsored by TJB Web Media, a New Jersey SEO marketing and WordPress company for businesses, churches, and nonprofits. You can check out their information in our show notes. Today's podcast is part 16 of the Walking Backwards series, The Mind of Christ. John has been teaching this on Sunday mornings at Church in the Woods at Freedom Ranch. And without further delay, here's John. I want you to listen to what Paul is saying. What he's given us here in this chapter, chapter 2 of Philippians, is what we have to have in order to walk like Jesus walked in this world. In order to walk in grace and truth, just like Jesus, and live in this world in the same way he did, we're going to have the mind of Christ. Now, a couple weeks ago, we studied out of Ephesians where the Spirit's job is to renew the spirit of our mind, to change our thinking. Change our thinking, first of all, about us, and secondly, about each other, so that we can actually love each other like Christ. See, that's going to require a drastic, fundamental change in the way you think. That new commandment gave us, that Jesus gave us with and left us with in the upper room, he just simply told us to love others like he loves them. Do you know that's absolutely impossible? To love other people the way Jesus loved them? You can't do it on your own. Because the kind of love he was talking about is not the humanistic, syrupy, sweet love that we think of. It wasn't romantic at all. His love was God's love. Now, in order to be able to even do that simple command, to love one another like he does, we're going to have to have a radical change in our thinking. And the reason for that is because we're not born loving one another. Did you know that? (laughs) As a matter of fact, you're kind of you're born mad at people. Didn't you? You're you're mad because you're cold. You're mad because you're hungry. You're mad because it's too bright. And so, what do you do? Love one another? No. You start complaining right from the very beginning. You start bitching and moaning. And you're always from that moment on thinking about yourself. You can't help it. You're born that way. That's the natural mind that Paul says needs to be renewed by the Spirit. It needs to be changed. So we've been looking at that now for a couple of weeks. And what I want to show you today is what your natural mind or carnal mind, how different it is from this mind that we're talking about, which is the mind of Christ. Now, you might think, man, there's no way I can have the mind of Christ, you know. If you even got a fraction of what I've been thinking, you would say, man, that sucker doesn't have the mind of Christ. But you see, I keep that stuff to myself. (laughs) I don't let you in on that stuff, that carnal mind. 
And that carnal mind is always going. Like I said to you a couple of weeks ago, your brain, 82% activity, the brain function or activity is engaged in self-talk. You're talking to yourself about yourself all day long while you're awake. Now, when you go to sleep, your conscious mind goes to sleep, but your subconscious mind, or what the Bible calls the heart, just keeps on trucking. And you dream. And all of that is centered around you. It's all centered around what you have, what you're going to get, what you need, how you feel. All of that is self-centered, naturally. That's the way we all are. We can't help that because we were born that way as a natural descendant of Adam. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, hey man, you you got to be born again. You were born dysfunctional. You were born with a dysfunctional brain. You were born with a self-centered attitude. You need to be born again. Of course, that freaked Nicodemus out. He's an old man, a teacher of teacher in Israel. And he said, how can I be born again? Can I get back again in my mother's womb and be born? What are you talking about? Jesus said, no, you're keeping it on a fleshly level. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. is natural, is flesh, and is self-centered. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So there has to be a radical change in our identity. There has to be a total, complete change in the persons we were from those self-centered takers to those compassionate givers. That's the change we're talking about. Now, when that happens, when you are born of the Spirit, there's not an automatic little thing that kicks in and you start thinking like Jesus. Now, when you're born of the Spirit, that carnal mind you've got will immediately turn religious. It'll take all of the all of the same motivations of the flesh and try to do religious things to make itself look good and feel good. So there can be two flavors of that flesh. Now, there can be a, a carnal flavor, we'll call it, which is just, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make me feel good. I don't care about anybody around me. To a religious flesh, which plays religious games and performance traps, trying to appease God and get other people to approve of you. You see, both are of the flesh. And both plague us. Naturally. So you might get the idea that you're too fleshly to have the mind of Christ. I've got encouragement for you. I've got good news for you. The flakiest bunch of Christians in the New Testament, the flakiest group of believers who did all kinds of weird, wild stuff were the Corinthians. As a matter of fact, they had a reputation. If you wanted to call somebody a bad name, you would call them a Corinthian. And in his letter to the Corinthians, Paul boldly states, you have 
the mind of Christ. When did you get that mind? You got it when you were born of the Spirit. You got it when you became inseparably joined to Christ. When that old person you were was crucified with Him and buried with Him and a brand new person is raised up, you got the mind of Christ through the Spirit living in you. Now, here's our problem we're dealing with here today, though. It's not whether or not we got the mind of Christ. Okay, You can have something and not use it, right? I got a bunch of stuff I don't use. A barn full of stuff I don't use. In fact, when I go through and clean it, which I need to do again, I usually find stuff I don't even remember I had. I hadn't used it. You can have something and never use it. Well, I want to announce to you today the good news that all of you have the mind of Christ. It has been given to you freely by the grace of God. It's a gift. He's giving you the mind of Christ. So when Paul writes to the Philippians here, in verse 5, he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What is he saying? Use the mind of Christ that you've got. You are a brand new person with the mind of Christ mediated to you by the Spirit of Christ living inside of you. Use the mind of Christ. Well, let's look at some of the characteristics he describes for the mind of Christ. First one being what I consider to be the most important. He says in verse 5, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who, in verse 6, Jesus, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. To put it simply, this characteristic of the mind of Christ, the first and most important one, is Jesus knew who he was. There was no question in his mind. Now, I know the earliest record that tells us that he knew who he was was when he got separated from his group and he stayed in Jerusalem while they all went back to Nazareth. And after a day or so, his mom and dad noticed Jesus isn't around anywhere. They thought he was off playing with John the Baptist or one of his other cousins or somebody. And they got worried. So they retraced their steps and went back to Jerusalem. And there they found him. He was in the temple at 12 years old, talking to the educated religious leaders about what the Scriptures meant concerning the Messiah. Of course, when his mama came in and found him, she's like all... Mamas, when they lose their kid and finally found them, they're hysterical. Don't you know I was worried about you? She was so worried she'd kill him, right? Remember what he answered her? Don't you know that I must be about my father's business? See, Jesus knew who he was when he was 12 years old. 
Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That means you're going to have to understand who you really are. You see, you're not just a physical being living in a physical body. You're not just a personal being. You are a spiritual being created by God in Christ Jesus living in this physical body. And that being you are has a purpose that we've been studying about. I introduced it to you last week when I told you out of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that God has ordained good works for each one of you to walk in them. He's planned it out. He's ordained it. And those good works are not just good in the sense they benefit other people, they demonstrate the love of God to other people, but they're good in the sense that they're enjoyable. You like doing them. It's not a, not a duty or an obligation. It's fun. It's the most satisfying thing you'll ever do in your life is to do the works of God that he's got ordained for you to do. Walking like Jesus in this world. So in order to do that, obviously, our mind is going to have to be renewed. And the first thing we're going to have to come to grips with is who God has made us to be, just like Jesus did, who in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He knew he was God. There was no question in his mind. Do you know that you are Christ? Do you know that? Or do you still think of yourself as somebody other than Jesus? Maybe the old person that you've always thought you were. The truth is, you are Christ. Now, are you all of Christ? Of course not. But you're a member of the body of Christ. And you function according to the direction of Christ. You have the Spirit of Christ living in you, and you have the calling of Christ upon you. If you're not Christ, who are you? Jesus knew who he was. The very first characteristic of the mind of Christ. Knowing who he was, though, he decided it was not a thing to be clung to and hung on to. Now, he did something really weird. As he tells us here in the, in the context, who being in the form of God thought it not robber to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. What does that mean? Literally, it means he emptied himself of his divine rights. See, if anybody had the right to be respected, it was Jesus. If anybody had the right to be loved, it was Jesus. If anybody had the right to be ministered and worshipped, it was Jesus. But he gave all that up. He emptied himself of his rights. Why? So he could be the servant of humanity. He gave up his rights. That's a tough one. See, to exercise the mind of Christ, you're going to have to give up your right to be right. 
You're going to have to give up your rights to be understood. You're going to have to give up your rights to feel good. You're going to have to give up your rights to be supported. You're going to have to give up your rights to be encouraged. You're going to have to give up your rights to get anything other than what God gives you. To empty yourself and become a servant to others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, I know that's tough, but it's going to get worse. So cheer up. He goes on in verse 8 or verse 7, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. See, the mind of Christ does not separate himself from other people. It does not back away from other people and say, I'm different than you. You're not like me. We're different. That's not the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ identifies fully with you right where you're at. It says, I'm just like you. I like the way Paul described it in Galatians when he said, told the Galatian believers there, be like me. And immediately he said, because I'm just like you. There isn't any difference between us. I'm not superior to you. I'm not better than you. I'm just like you. The mind of Christ identifies with humanity, identifies with people. Notice this next characteristic. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself. In other words, the mind of Christ is a mind of humility. Now, a lot of people get that confused. Humility. They're not quite sure what that means. And they get the idea that being humble is that you think of yourself as being somehow less than other people. In other words, if I'm humble, everybody's better than me. If I'm humble, I'm not as good as anybody. That's not humility, that's stupidity. Humility is simply that you think of yourself less than you think of others. In other words, what's on your mind is the welfare of other people. Now, how can you do that? I like the way the author of The Mirror put it. It says, when you investigate who you really are, the person that you really are, it frees you to care about others because you know you're okay. You know you're okay. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He not only was humbled himself so he could think about others continuously and became obedient unto death. Another characteristic of the mind of Christ, he's obedient. He trusts what God tells him to do, and he did it. 
remember from his own testimony, he said, hey, things you see me do, that's not me doing it. It's the Father doing it through me. The things you hear me say, that's not me. It's the Father speaking through me. That's what obedience means. Allowing God to use you. To speak through you. To work through your hands. To work through your life. Became obedient even unto death. Now the obedience that Jesus showed unto death was amazing. He had to die for all of humanity. And you remember in the garden when he was in agony, he prayed, Father, if it be will, let this cup pass from me. That's what he was talking about. Now, this wasn't a fun thing. Mm -mm. It was a grievous thing to him. But his final answer was, not my will, not what I want to do, but your will, what you want me to do, be done. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, according to the will of God, according to what He wants done in your life, even if it costs you your life. Now, if we just stop there, having the mind of Christ would look pretty dismal, wouldn't it? I mean, that doesn't really encourage me a lot to think about all that. But this also is part of the mind of Christ that we are to have. In these next few verses, I'll just read them to you quickly. He was obedient even unto death. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name, an identity, which is above every name or every other identity. That in the name, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Victory is also the mind of Christ. When I see Christians running around, bitching and moaning like the rest of the world, with their wrists to their forehead, whining about how tough their life is and what God hasn't done for them, it makes me sick. They don't know they're a victor. They don't understand they've already won. They don't know that they can't lose. They don't know that the promise of the God of the creation has made them a winner. So they whine. They complain. They worry. They stew. They fret. The Christians ought to be the boldest people on the face of the earth because they know all things are working together for good for them. Who love God and are the called. They know that. And no matter what this world looks like, they know, I'm not going to lose. Wherefore, God highly exalted him, raised him above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. 
more than a conqueror he's made us to be. Let's close in prayer. Father God, as we come into your presence, I thank you, Lord, for the fact that you have made us more than conquerors through your son Jesus, that you have given us a new identity, that you have given us the mind of your son Jesus. Lord, we ask you to help us use it now. We ask you, Father, in faith to teach us according to your spirit, guide us into all truth, and help us exercise that mind, the mind of your Son. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Appreciate you all being here. Go in peace and exercise the mind of your Lord. And don't forget the avocados up here. Thank you again for listening. If you want more access to Alpha Ministries teaching, you can like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and visit our website. All times and dates for services and other events are on our website listed in the show notes.